Welcome to the Open House Podcast with James Tatum. This podcast is about conversations that we have in the gym. Everything from training methods, technique, massage, and other odd topics that come up. So make sure you leave a review, uh, subscribe, all that stuff. It helps out. All right. George, Tyree, what's up, guys? How you guys feeling? Sore. <clears throat> Very. Yeah, those 10-second eccentrics, man. That uh, that gets you sore. It was miserable. It was miserable. You know, I don't know if people could even hear that, but is that like a is that like a healthy drink, Tyree? <laughs> he just opened a healthy drink. drink that didn't like pop. So, I what what time is it now? So I started. I coached a class six hours ago. So I had a bang when I I had a rain when I coached that class, and then I'm lifting in three hours. So I didn't want to have three in one day. I felt like that was, that was a lot. So I'm having this instead. Cherry. Mm. As long as it's coordinated, I'm good. We normally, uh, do these podcasts in the morning. We're breaking trend today, going in the afternoon. Dang. And George has got the red solo cup. This is like, (laughs) uh, this is like a party. Wow. (laughs) All right. Let's, uh, let's get it. We're back in Vegas. (laughs) yeah that was a good Mm -hmm. time vegas was fun vegas that was fun oh yeah i guess i just did like the weightlifting side of the review uh we didn't (laughs) do of any of the social side of the the review um in a nutshell uh it involved lip tattoos um (laughs) long leisurely walks and uh I don't People know what else being mistaken for UFC fighters. Oh, yep. That's oh, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there was the UFC fight the next day, and uh, somebody got really upset that somebody uh, that they bet. How much did they bet on him? $35,000. $35,000. He said he bet $35,000 on him, and he was upset that he was out here, and then he had that much money riding on him. <laughs> That man was gone. But then was... turned around and offered to buy his drinks for the whole night. <laughs> right. Oh, did that actually happen? I don't think that actually happened. No, but he offered. So he was mad. Right. He was like, why are you out drinking? I bet $35,000 that you'd win the fight tomorrow. But I will buy your drinks the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was gone. Vegas is a different place. Vegas is a different place. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was a fun trip out there. I uh, we stayed in Airbnb, and uh, Airbnb is definitely the way to go. It's way better than our hotels, I think. But um, our uh, our AC didn't work. Hmm. Uh, well, it, it like sort of worked. Uh, and then I I left an Airbnb review and was like, hey, like this AC doesn't work. And uh, that guy got so mad at me. He sent me all these messages. He says, why are you telling everybody about our problems? You could have just contacted me. <laughs> just like, hey, man, working. like, he, this is a review and your AC didn't work. Like, come on, man. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he, he said, I hope you don't own your own business. And I was just like, oh, boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, we did reach out to him and try to um, get him to fix the AC. And he told us just leave it where it was at. And then dropped off fans like the next day. Yeah. So yeah, he luckily could've, he could have helped out a little bit more with the AC issue. I feel like if he didn't want to mention on a review, 
Yeah, well, I I had to uh, I had to sweet talk him into uh, sending those fans. So Alyssa and her mom came at the competition, and she does something with like permits and stuff. So she kind of knows like uh, I don't know like housing and like engineering of housing, I guess. And she like kind of did a little bit of research, and she pretty much found out like that. Uh, like the house was bought three months ago on like a short sale and the AC vents, like the AC was for the original size of the house, but then they turned the garage into a room and they didn't update the AC and they just sent one of the, mm. the AC vents out to the garage to try to cool everything. And it just wasn't big enough. And, um, then she, uh, she, she did a research Next time we should just get Alyssa's mom to like choose the Airbnb because then she like read the reviews and she was like, yeah, this guy doesn't take feedback very well. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. based on like his responses right. to people's reviews. And uh, so when I said like, hey, I think your AC is broken. He was just like, it looks fine to me. It's a 72. Just leave it there. Uh, I had to kind of sweet talk him to be like, hey, man, we're just trying to like go to sleep comfortable. Is there, you got any like oscillating fans or anything to like spread out this AC from the hallway. And uh, so he sent over some fans and um, I'm pretty sure the guy that brought the fans over was drunk. It's all right. And it happens. Uh, <laughs> Vegas. It is. It is Vegas. Um, but then, uh, yeah, then when we left him, I, I even left him, a, I left him a three-star review, which I thought that was pretty fair. Um, he got, uh, he got pretty upset. And uh, he was like, I spent $200 on fans for you guys. Like, this is how you disrespect me. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, Vegas. Interesting what sets people off. <laughs> it's always interesting. Yeah, I know. I think that guy's going to have a tough time owning a, uh, an Airbnb. But either way, it was a fun trip. Um, I do regret getting in that pool. I probably shouldn't have. That water was too murky. Yeah, I know. Like immediately after that, I was just like, ah, that wasn't a good idea. That was probably a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple couple beers though. You, the murkiness looks a little clearer, so it was real yeah. clear all of a sudden. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. So uh, that was the other side of the Vegas trip. Uh, of course, after competition, so, um, and I wouldn't even. I was going to say, Tyree, what did you think of the new competition layout personally? Um, it was, well, I, I didn't think it would bother the lifter and it, it didn't bother me in the warm-up room. I don't think it bothered you any. So for the lifters, it didn't really change much. I don't think it looked as good as USAW thought it would because it just looked like a clusterfuck of people sitting by the side of the stage because everybody had two, three mm -hmm. coaches now. And since it was right there and you could see it, people were just walking over there. They didn't have anybody preventing people. There's one lifter who had like five people in the back. Why did he have his classmates in the back with him? Like they, they, there was no need for them to be there. But so you yeah. just had a bunch of people standing around. So you weren't even really, you could watch, but you were having to look really hard. It wasn't, like the warm-up room was on display like they were thinking it would be. Yeah, I was comparing the 89A session to the rest of the sessions because the 89A was the one that I seen that had the um, Armenian lifter in it as well. And yeah. they were actually like enforcing the passes. 
So in the back, it was literally just like the athlete, his coach, mm-hmm. maybe a loader at max. And it actually looked organized. That looked good. You could see yeah. like the actual warm up attempts compared to like the other sessions that were before where you're saying there's just people everywhere. Like as a spectator, you couldn't even see the warm up attempts. So it was almost pointless having them out there because there's just so many people crowded. You couldn't see right. the lifter actually taking their lifts or anything. You go to the 81A session, it was terrible to watch. Well, the session was a really good session. Let me reword that. The session was a really fun session, but the warm-up room looked rough because there were just so many people standing there. Yeah, I wonder if that was part of their strategy, though. could have been. Um, yeah, I wonder what the view would look like if they had a camera straight above and they just filmed it from down. That might be kind of neat. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess they do that. Playing around with it. Yeah, I'm fine with them playing around with it. Like, you guys want to move around the layout? Okay, don't tell us a week ahead. And this just, I don't think they'll do this again. I don't think this was as good as they thought it would be. They tried it. They're probably going to leave this alone. They might try something else, but I think this will be it. Well. I wonder how long it's going to take for USAW to get a new CEO because right now they can just do whatever they want and uh, nobody takes the blame. So this is definitely the time to uh, just yeah. uh, let shit go wild and figure out what works. Yeah. Go for Without that. any major consequences. So you prefer the old layout better than this new one that they tried? Or Yeah. I, I would say go back to the old one. Hmm. <laughs> but... Well, I guess nobody was there for that session. It was at, what, this happened at 7.30 in the morning? George, if you would have saw this, you would have laughed because it, it was funny. Oh, did you watch the videos yet of my warm-up, George? I watched some of them, yeah. That one thirty clean. I watched Man. that one for sure because <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to fill everybody in... um. In the warm-up room, you know you just mess up a lift, and you know in the middle of the lift, like, oh, man, I just screwed this up. Well, I got to try to save it now. That's what happened. So my opening clean and jerk is 151, and warming up in the back, I almost miss a 130. But I knew I did it wrong. Like, I hit too low on my leg, punted the bar forward, dove under it. Then my weight was in the wrong spot in my foot, so then I stood up slowly it looked terrible. And as soon as, and I knew that it wasn't like, I knew that I just did that lift wrong. I wasn't worried. I was like, Oh, that was just a bad one. The next one would be fine. But I saw the panic in James eyes and it was amazing. Panic was great. I'm away for Tyree to um, start trash talking again. And then I may, I may release the clip of this one thirty So everyone will see it. <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna hold that little uh, oh hold man that ace in your hand. <laughs> oh, that was so it was so bad, but it was it was so bad that it, that it was funny. Like, oh man, I know instantly. I can say I'm fine, but as bad as that looked, it wasn't like one part of it was bad. There were about four things that just went horrible to where I can tell James I'm fine, but if I was him, I wouldn't have believed me either. But then the next two warm ups were fine. Then they were fine. Yeah, yeah, I was happy to see that next one was much better. I think you had to, like, redeem yourself. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it happens. It happens. I've seen uh, I've seen that look of panic in my coach's face before um, as well. And now I know what it feels like. <laughs> like 
We're literally talking about a lift that's five kilos over my snatch, and I almost missed the clean. It was it was bad, but but funny. Yeah, I think I like the new layout a little bit better than the other one, just because um, <laughs> I feel like being out there in front of everyone right off the rip just allows you to get into a better zone mentally going up to the actual platform because you're already exposed, like you've already been out there. You can just really absorb the atmosphere. Compared to the back, you're kind of like hiding and then waiting to come out. I see what you're saying. Um, I didn't. I didn't feel that. I, I I can see what you're saying, but in the I wasn't really thinking about the spectators. I was talking a lot of shit about all the people in the back, though. But I don't think I. I wasn't really noticing the spectators, but. Well, they all saw that 130 clean, so. (laughs) (laughs) They all saw me at my worst. Yeah, Yeah. I think it was more so when I walked in. It's like, initially when I walk in, I kind of just like observe everything and try to absorb my surroundings like fully. And then Mm -hmm. once I actually like start to warm up or start to move, then it's like everything's like tunnel vision. I didn't feel like there were. To get adrenaline sooner. If that makes sense, just because um, so I didn't feel like there were pressure. eyes on me in the warm up room. I I felt like there were just not that my session was like the eighty one A's, but I there weren't. I didn't feel like there were eyes on me because there were so many people down there. Like there are eleven other guys. I never felt like oh man, the world's watching me snatch this ninety kilos in the back. I just I didn't even think about it. I figured that the people around me were paying attention because I'm paying attention to the people in the warmest rooms lifts, but I didn't mm. at no point. I think outside of that until now. I think I looked at it from the point of view, like I'm gonna make everything look so good. People are going to look at me. I do that in the warm up room, but I, it, it's not for the other athletes or it's not for the spectators. I am in the warm-up room like, you're going to make everything look easy. Everything's going to be simple. Everything's going to look really light. And then you're going to go out there and do the same thing. So I do intentionally – I always feel like my warm-ups are the best lifts in competition. Like I feel like no matter what the weight is, what whether it's 110, 117, if I'm doing it in the warm-up room, I feel like those are always better than in training, which is ideal, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, get the excitement of the competition. You know what I think would make that setup a little bit better is if it was only a one platform meet, mm-hmm. and they just had a line of six warm ups. So then you get like a front row uh, view of each warm up platform, and then like coaches are supposed to only stay on one side of that or something. So then the the audience can see everyone's warm up in the competition stage, but. Again, that's something that you like implement in a local level competition or something. Mm-hmm. I yeah, can see that. It's like the European Championships, they ran the whole thing off of just one platform. Yeah. Yeah. Well, usually, like at World Championships, Pan Ams, Europeans, like it is all one platform. Um, and they just spread it out over multiple days. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I'm fine with them trying things. I think that would have looked a little better, what you're talking about, James, because you would have been able to see everybody. You you just would have seen everything. It would have been much cleaner. So that would have, that would be different. Yeah, I think that would making it look cleaner and neater 
would be, you know, kind of ideal. Because nobody just wants to watch a mess. And they didn't even put the live stream on the warm-up platform at all. So, like, yeah. the audience couldn't see it, which they really couldn't because when you're looking at that live stream, the little person's already so small that you can barely see him, you know. It probably yeah. takes more bandwidth to, like, get all that movement, too, in the video. Uh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's not like USAW's live streams are ever really that great anyway. Yeah, well, they're better than they used to be. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> they they used to be pretty rough. Pretty much every lift before. used to be a delay. <clears throat> and then you wouldn't know if they made it or not until the white lights. And so it was just better to watch the scoreboard. <laughs> Right. I, I wish they would bring back the scoreboard. I know we said that before, but I really wish they would bring back the scoreboards. Yeah. I do think that, uh, I mean, especially with everyone that's so interested in like, um, what's that thing that they do in basketball where they, uh, they have their brackets and it's like March madness. Is that what it is? Yep. Where there's like, and then they, they try to pick who's going to win. I feel like they could, Definitely get the audience to relate to weightlifting a lot better if there was like a giant scoreboard and then there was just somebody talking like, all right, so the, I don't know, the, the 81s have just finished, you know, the 81 person that's got the best male lifter right now is this person and he's got this Roby points or Sinclair or whatever. In order to beat that, somebody in the 89s needs to hit this number. So they'll just have like a a live scoreboard of the top 10 best lifters, male and female. And, you know, that can spread across and that can make a little bit more of a connection with, uh, across weight classes and for the audience to see. And then they can start to understand pound for pound. If this 89 lifter totals this much, they'll be better than this 81. And it'll give somebody a little bit more frame of reference. And even if that's like off to the side and they just had a scoreboard, like one TV, at a competition with that scoreboard on it. Um, and cause whenever they go to like international meets, they, uh, they've got a lady that's actually, I don't even know who she is. I guess she works for USA weightlifting and she goes over and she'll interview people after their competition and be like, Hey, what do you think of that? And like, Oh, you did good. Have you guys seen those videos? Yeah. I, yeah. I she, she does a good interview. I mean, just having like, even if that girl, I don't even know if she comes to national meets. I don't even know if she still works for USA weightlifting. Would just do like little blurbs in between, like in between a sessions and say, like kind of give an update even on their social media of where the, uh, like the best male and best female lifters are, um, almost like news reporting style. Cause I think that's the big thing is they got to connect to the audience of, you know, the, the first idea would be to get like the athlete's parents to understand it because, you know, they're not really weightlifters. The only reason they're there is because they get that personal connection. But then if they can understand, you know, the kind of like the ins and outs of weightlifting and get into it other than just their kid being in the sport, then you're going to kind of get on to the thing of getting non weightlifters to watch weightlifting at the Olympics. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that all of that political stuff with doping and IOC and all that crap with IWF actually just boils down to weightlifting is not getting enough viewership because all those things would be no problem if 
way that they made a bunch of money for the Olympics. You know, like what sport makes a bunch of money for the Olympics? Hmm. Women's beach volleyball. I'm sure they don't have these problems. Their problems are we want to wear more clothes, but then you know, IOC is probably like, no, our viewership no. will go down. Uh, yeah, yeah. So no. they've, they've got, they've got their own fight. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what happens. That's exactly <laughs> what's happening. Yeah. I mean that if you, yeah, you boil it down, like that's the big, the big factor. Money, but, makes, uh, well, it doesn't always make problems go away, but most of the time, well, and then you I don't know. CrossFit. Look at CrossFit now. Let's see how they're going to do. Yeah. Well, they're not wearing anything. They're, they're like <laughs> the same outfit as uh women's volleyball. Uh, yep. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is like that. Uh, that will get more viewership. Um, yeah. CrossFit. Everybody's getting popped. Mm-hmm. I think it's been saw- 13 as of now. 13 right now, but they're still going through it. Um, so there like was how- one region where the, the whole team, everybody from team, well, that region can't send anybody from team. The first place, second place, and fourth place team all had someone test positive. Third place has visa issues. And the fifth place team, I think both of their people tested positive. So that's a whole division or a whole region. I think it was the UK. Nobody's coming out of there. And that's on the mm. team. The individuals, that's interesting. But everybody's testing positive for the exact same thing. I'm surprised they actually tested them. Well, I mean, they're who's, not popping. Who's in the charge of name. CrossFit now? Uh, some, it's, a, it's a new, they have a new CEO. I don't know her name. But it is someone mm. new. Um, mm, she she had a position before. I don't remember what it was, but now she's the new CEO. I think she was on the board before. But this year, it, I don't know if it's the new CEO is coming down like, no, we're going to pop everybody. I don't care. Could be that. Or it could be that they're doing blood tests now and nobody knows how to cycle around a blood test because they've never had it. Yeah. Yeah, that could definitely be it. Um, yeah, that's the thing about like a private organization is they can just, they have more control of whether to release that information or not. You know, like weightlifting. If USADA has it, assuming that no giant bribe has been paid, it's pretty much in USADA's hands and USA Weightlifting can't do it. Um, now, USA Weightlifting can tell USADA to test people more often um, and then not tell other people to get tested, you know, just kind of like don't throw them under the bus, mm-hmm. which I think that probably happens. Um, but once USADA, I mean, as far as I can tell, USADA is fairly uh, um, bulletproof as far as like bribes and stuff go. It's um, it's once you get outside of, you know, the other anti-doping agencies and the rest of the world kind of will accept bribes a little bit more. Um, so if CrossFit gets their test, I mean, I'm pretty sure they have, they could just be like, oh, we can choose to release this or we could choose not to. I, I'm, what bothers me is, which I, I guess it's different. You have to look at the population 
that's doing CrossFit. So for weightlifters, we've been getting popped for, for years. Like it's just a thing. It, it is a thing, whether we like it or not, weightlifters get popped. There are a lot of them that take drugs. They've been more open about what they were doing in the eighties. Like that is a part of weightlifting, but CrossFitters seem to think it's not. And CrossFitters seem to think that drugs aren't a thing that people just work really hard. And I know there was, there was one guy who got popped and the comments were saying, like, Oh no, this is, this is unbelievable. Cause of course he said it was a tainted supplement. He was saying, Oh no, that, that I didn't take anything. It was a supplement. And people were coming. Yeah, we believe you. We see you work really hard. Yeah. Everybody works really hard. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he was working hard and he was taking drugs, <laughs> but the people in CrossFit, it's normally, 35 year old soccer moms or people that aren't aware majority of crossfitters at your local gym aren't aware of how beneficial drugs are or where to get them they just don't know so they hear somebody say oh no it was in my protein this protein that now now all of a sudden we're assuming that these companies are giving us grade a stuff we're getting great stuff on accident might happen a couple of times, but everybody from six different continents all tested positive for the same drug. And they're going to say that it's random or is that a drug that's beneficial for their sport? So they were all taking it. Like I, none of them tested positive for Stanozole. Weightlifters take Stanozole. Shockingly, no CrossFitter tested positive for that because that's not what they would need for their sport. But all of them are taking GW1516 and saying they got it from their creatine at GNC. I don't believe any of them. You guys got to look up who their supplement sponsor is. <laughs> and then you just got to be like, oh, so this is your supplement sponsor's problem. And then put the uh, the monetary stress on them and they'll cave real quick. <laughs> Quickly. Well, let's see. I, I don't think it'll change though. I, I think yeah. the population of CrossFit isn't aware and they're just there just to work out, have fun, and then go home and say, oh man, people work hard. That's why they're really good. So athletes will always, at least CrossFit athletes will always say, oh no, it was a tainted supplement because 70% will believe them. The other 30% knows they're lying. It's like, all Who right, well. Test is CrossFit athletes. Do they have an outside agency or is it their own like inside? I think it's, I think it's different now. I'm not sure, but I do think they changed it. Are they with you? And I, I guess my other question would be, do you think CrossFit would go towards like the powerlifting side of things, like where they have a clean federation and then a federation that's not tested? I don't think they'll mm -hmm. ever do that, but I think they should do what strongman does and just not test. I, I think they should just stop yeah. testing. Well, uh, I don't know. It's just what what's their business model. I mean, their business model is to track, attract, uh, like uh, the local CrossFit person. And right, I guess aren't they trying to move away from CrossFit games and stuff? Yeah. Well, they're saying that they're two different things. There's the CrossFit that you do at your gym, and then there are the games athletes, and they aren't doing crossfit they are elite athletes like they're they're trying to say that they are two different things now 
which I'm fine with you saying they're two different things because yeah, I'm perfectly fine with them saying it's two different things. But they should just stop testing the guys at the games because Ricky Gerard was the one guy who they gave up four years ago, and he was the villain. Everybody hated this man because he tested positive. I can't believe that a top games athlete would test positive. But now everybody's testing positive and nobody has anything to say. So I think CrossFit picks and chooses who they're going to test positive. And that's the problem because uh, they can. And that's that's what they've been doing for the last few years. Yeah, I'd say 95% of them are all taking stuff too. You know, I don't think that's the case in weightlifting. I think it's pretty high. But I feel like if you're going to the games in CrossFit, you're more than likely taste taking something because <laughs> it uh i mean even even back in the day like regionals like it was rampant you know people yeah. were taking stuff left and right um and taking a lot of it so why do you think crossfit's so hot well, why do you think crossfit's percentage is so much higher than weightlifting because they could get away with it mm. fair enough yeah i mean it's just not as strenuous of a testing schedule um it's easier to get around even if you even if uh CrossFit is actually trying to pop their athletes. Um it's a lot easier to get around their their tests. Yeah, as you say, does CrossFit do the like whereabouts and everything like similar to USADA? Yes. Yes, but you have to be at you have to be a, a certain level to do that. They're not doing that with all the guys that are just qualifying for semifinals. So there yes, is no way that, but that CrossFit can required. afford that. Right. Yeah. Like, no, so no I know way. they don't uh, do whereabouts like USADA. They, but, yeah, they would like that, but Ryan Fisher said that he had so to. much money that they would just stop doing CrossFit games. I don't know. Getting tested is how they that blood test is like $5,000. Whoa. Yeah. No, it's getting, getting, uh, getting drug tests is not a cheap thing. Um, USADA is not a profitable organization. Like that's like a money suck. Um, it just does not make sense monetarily for CrossFit to test like that. Um, Ryan Fisher got well. Ryan Fisher never failed a drug test. Let me start there. He never failed a drug test, but he did receive a ban a few years ago because. He did fill out his whereabouts and they went to the wrong place and he was at a competition on the other side of the country and they gave him like, they're like, well, you have 30 minutes because we're here. And I, he, I remember him sending emails and saying, this was it. He had screenshots of him filling out the whereabouts saying, this is where I'm going to be. And they ended up popping him. So I don't know how they decide who they're going to do whereabouts for, but I know they're not, yeah, they're not doing it for everybody. They're not doing it if you're going to semifinals. Uh, the first time you might ever be tested is once you qualify for the CrossFit Games and everybody's still not getting tested. For the teams, I think it was two people had to be tested, I think. But then even then... Like, like even the powerlifting federation that tests, tests more than CrossFit does. Yes. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So they're probably like the least tested athletes, essentially, for sure then. Uh, crossfitters yeah i'd say that yeah there's just so many of them there there's there's too many of them at too many places they can't just go to every crossfit gym in the country and test people 
And then when they get there, think about how many people are showing up to these meets or these events. If you have 20 male, let's say you have 20 male, 20 female, then you have 10 teams of four. They're not testing all those people. And then that's not even going to think about Wadapalooza, how big Wadapalooza is. They have seven different divisions just because it's a money grab now. But they have seven different divisions. They have RX, um, uh, Elite. They have like five different divisions. Then they have male-male pairing, female-female pairing. There are thousands of people that go to Wadapalooza every year. They might test a few. They're not testing all of them. There's just too many. And then, cool, you might win an entire division at Wadapalooza and never be tested. You might qualify for the games at Wadapalooza and not get tested. But the guy who finished eighth might randomly get tested. And he was the one person out of those 3,000 that they tested. So it, it CrossFit can definitely get away with it way more than weightlifting can. I mean, if you think about like a local meet, how many times do you see people get tested at your local weightlifting meet? They could. They're not. And since it's local, we just don't think about it because it doesn't. Most people at local meets aren't going anywhere. Very few. Yeah, they're just not going anywhere. They're not going international from that local meet. So we just ignore them, basically. Yeah, so I'm looking up all the stuff for CrossFit. They uh, they run it through an agency called uh, uh, Drug Free Sport, which sounds like a uh, thing that they set up. Um, and then they <laughs> they send it to a WADA-approved laboratory. I read um, that. What does that mean? Like, So they just send it to the same place that USADA gets their stuff tested, but it looks like CrossFit pays for it um, on their own. And when they do that, they would get the results. Like, the results would be sent back to CrossFit. WADA wouldn't be in charge of, like, saying, hey, this is, like, if once WADA gets, like, a USAW sample, like, WADA would release it regardless of what USAW says. Um, so it looks like CrossFit would get those samples back and then they could really choose. So pretty much there's just a lot of gray area in there. Um, lots of room for bribes and stuff. Um and they they say they have out of out of competition drug testing pools and all that, but uh, yeah, again, it uh, I doubt it's very strenuous. Um, but either way, I mean, even if they are super strenuous, people can get away with it, and people will still believe that you're clean. Look at Lance Armstrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I knew very smart people that were in that sport that really wanted to believe that Lance Armstrong was clean, like during that whole trial. And everyone was like, ah, yeah, no way. And then finally Lance was like, okay, yeah, I did drugs. <laughs> well, I think it's, and this is something like I, I never understood. Yes. In America, we view drugs differently. Get it. But for some reason, people just associate people taking drugs even if they're not cheating let's say they're in bodybuilding where they're allowed to people just associate drug use with a terrible person all of a sudden so 
I had a friend who was dating a guy who was a bodybuilder. And I remember I saw him. He was a decent bodybuilder. And he was clearly on drugs because he was a very, he was a good bodybuilder. And I told him, like, oh, he, he's, yeah, he's on drugs. I wonder what he's taking. And it's just like a side. I'm like, I wonder what his concoction is. Like, what 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 is he taking? She was like, I don't know. He's not taking drugs. I was like, I, yes, he is. Yes, he is. She was like, no, no, there's no way he would take drugs. She was a doctor. She was like, there's no way he would take drugs. I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you this man's on drugs. And she just was like, no, I, he's too smart for that. There's no way he would do that. I was like, okay. Well, he told her like five months later and she was like, I can't, how did you know? Because like, look at him. Like, that's how. And bodybuilding is different. It's not like you can look at everybody in sports. I'm not saying that. But for bodybuilders, you know when they're on drugs. The top level guys, you can tell. That's what kind of kills me with like that video that you sent with Ilya the other day. Everyone's like, oh, look at his transformation. Of course, he had a transformation. Yeah, freaking pop tot, like out of his lungs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I, I don't understand why we view all drug use as like, oh, they're a terrible person. There's no way that this good person would ever take drugs because they're nice and they save dogs. Like, well, I don't, I don't think that's the case because like everyone thinks Ilya is still the best weightlifter in the world. Um, I've said this about Ilya. I really don't care about his numbers because, yes, he was on drugs. We know he was on drugs. I don't care about his 246 clean and jerk, but I do like watching how he did it. The way that he lifted was good. I don't care about the weight. So I can watch his videos and appreciate him as a weightlifter, and I just don't care whether it was 246 or if it was a 200 clean and jerk. That's I just separate the two. I, I write off the number and just view him as a lifter. Yeah, he came in with some pretty clutch lifts. Um, mm-hmm. And he was fun to watch. And it got viewership. That's probably why he didn't get banned for so long. He was undefeated. It took him a lot longer to get banned than everyone else. He was undefeated international. He like he did not lose until until what? When he came back. Like that's wild. He would miss clean and jerks and just keep going up and then hit the world record because he never lost internationally. That's wild. So you can appreciate everything. Like, I just, I don't care about what numbers he hit. Like his 205 snatch off blocks. Yeah, that was because of drugs. But he was still fast. He got under that bar fast. Those are things you can look at. Like, oh, he had a weird bar path, but he, it worked for him. Or how how he always jerked on the Why did it work for him? And why was he fast? Sorry. He learned how to move. The weight was just changed because of the drugs. But how he met the like, – so even think about his 246. Think about his 246, right? I don't care that it was 246 because we've seen people hit more. But watching his 246 in slow-mo and watching how he met the bar, how well he met the bar, I can look at that and say, wow, that was good. That was a really nice lift. I don't care how much weight was on the bar. That was a nice lift. Uh, I mean – his technique is terrible. Um, <laughs> but he comes in with some clutch lifts. His, um, his pull is very unique. He's, I, he's I not mean, a he's got, he He's got timing, and he gets around the bar yeah. at the right time. But it's like, and that maybe that makes it all the more impressive because it just looks wrong. Um, 
this but, said I was yeah, thinking when I was watching the video because I was like, this guy just missed like five times in a row, and then he clarked, and then he worked down, and then worked back up and made it. And ah, but he like, always waved. He wasn't just doing it because he missed. He always waved. Even when he would make everything, he would always wave. Uh, he may have gone in the back and taken steroids right then <laughs> and gotten stronger. I, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Yeah, it, um, it, it was the Wild West out there. Everybody was doped up. Everybody was doped up. But, yeah, no, I, I can definitely watch the training. To say that he's the best weightlifter in the world, which – he may be. I don't know Ilya that well, but after watching him like miss five times in a row and then Clark, I was yeah, just kind of like. So, what weightlifter would you say is better? I, again, I'm, I'm not one of the Ilya guys, but who would you Vardanian, say is better? Vardanian. Which one? Oh, Yuri. Yeah. The one that they talk about how as soon as he got off drugs, he could barely hit seventy percent. Yeah, but when he he wouldn't, you don't see him Clark and lifts on camera. Because and they then, didn't have cameras back then. Like we're talking about a <laughs> 1970s weightlifter. We just but don't you have watch it, But you watch him stand in the mirror and practice his jerk with no bar and no weight for like 30 minutes straight. Yes. Yeah, like that was that was nice. I'm sure Ilya practiced stuff too. Like that's I don't mm, think it's fair. I don't Especially since they talk about how Vardanian could barely hit 70% when he would cycle off. I wouldn't call that guy one of the why don't we get mad at him about it? I'm not mad at Ilya for being dirty, but I'm just saying you can't. Yeah, I was coming back to your statement of people looking at athletes as they're bad people because of it. Because you were talking about the bodybuilder guy, how mm-hmm. all of a sudden he was viewed as bad. And I was mm-hmm. saying that I don't think that's the case because everyone still says that Ilya is the best weightlifter in the world, even though he was a dirty lifter. Agreed. He's the best drugged weightlifter. Oh, yeah, I don't know. He probably didn't beat Suli Monolu's total, did he? Or his uh, uh, no. Sinclair. You know, um, I'm going to go crazy with this. Clarence Kennedy is the best weightlifter in the world. Wow. Right, we need to stop. Wow. I'm just joking. Oh, my heart. Oh, man. Um, I can think of American lifters I'd put over him. I'm just That's trying to troll Ty- Tyree right now. Get Tyree fired up. Signs of, uh, of steroids. Uh, look at the size of his shoulders. Right. Um when he obviously went on steroids and stopped trying to become a weightlifter. Um, significant difference. That's one way that you can tell. Um, or look at Ilya before and after, um, you know, the, the hair loss and the acne, two more big things. Those are all red flags. Um, cleaning jerking 246. There's another red flag. Um, <laughs> all right. Yep. So I actually got to go, but uh, so we're going to cut this one off here. Um, George, where can people find you? At George eighty one kg on Instagram or at the House of Weightlifting page. And Tyree, at Tyree underscore Thor on Instagram. All right, and House of Thanks for listening, guys.